0: All right, take your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. This morning we're going to be in verses 8 and 9 of Ephesians Ephesians chapter 2. We are on the P of gospel, G-O-S-P-E-L, God's character, the offense of sin, sufficiency of Christ. This morning we are looking at P, personal response. Now I have a question for you. Uh, Do you ever get $35,000 checks in the mail, just at random? You might not, but I do. Every couple of weeks, I get a $35,000 check in the mail. Sometimes, and this is just from one place, sometimes I'll get an $8,000 check. Sometimes I'll get a a $10,000 check. Uh, There's a problem with these checks, though, um, you can't cash them. Uh, they, it'll say on there non-negotiable. Well, in my, I'm not going to negotiate. Thirty-five thousand's fine. <laughs> I, there is no negotiation necessary. I will take the thirty-five thousand. Well, the truth is, you know, those those checks come with strings. Um, the the money isn't automatic. They're they're not checks. Uh, you, they are offers for a loan. Uh I guess they think I'm a sucker and most of the time they're right. Free money, sure. <laughs> but then you start looking at all the the paperwork and the the percentage rate and yeah, you know, it's not free money. Uh but it's—I it's, can't take those checks and cash them as much as I would like. I, one day I want to just do it, see if the teller's paying attention. But I think I think then I get to have to pay the twenty-dollar fee or something. Right? So I don't want to, you know, for a bounced uh, deposit. I—I I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I'll lose somehow. So it's probably best if I just leave well enough alone. But what's required in order to receive that thirty-five thousand dollars, the eight thousand, the ten thousand, the car loan, or or whatever? there's got to be a personal response, right? I've, I've got I've to do some things. Now, in this case, I've got to fill out paperwork and offer my firstborn and uh, other things that, that I'm not really interested in doing, certainly not willing to do uh, in order to have this very, very not free money. Uh, though, though sometimes it does look a little tempting. Uh, but I have to respond. I, to receive those benefits... I have to respond. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 say, For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. Now let's, again, remember where we are, how we've gotten here. There's the verse uh, on the screen if you didn't have time to look it up. We, we need to remember that we're, we're four weeks in now to the gospel. We're on the P of, of, of six weeks. Uh, the, the fourth week of six weeks. God's character is the first thing we saw. We learned that He is holy. He is just. He, but He is loving and good. All of those things make up His character. His, his character is why we can't have an automatic relationship with Him. The reason we can't is because... Of uh, the offense of sin. Sin is deadly. It's spiritually deadly. It's physically deadly. It separates us from God. It's an offense to Him. Uh, it is deserving of wrath, or because of our sin, we are deserving of wrath. But then last week we learned that Jesus is exactly what we need, though. He is the, the perfect tool for the job, He's the, the perfect person. Uh, for for the responsibility, he is sufficient. The sufficiency of Christ, he is everything that we need in order to experience salvation. But we have a responsibility, right? Now, if if you're, I know when I present the gospel at the end of all my messages, I've done it a number of different ways over the years. I think I started doing it uh, A B C: admit, believe, confess was the first way I did it. Uh, Then I went to the Roman road, which is what I'm doing now uh, uh, at the end of the service. And you see those verses from Romans on the screen, uh, on the wall uh, at the end of the message. A couple of times I've done what we are learning to do in Can We Talk Evangelism? Uh, The the, uh, record book of sin, we call it. But if those things are you know, kind of get muddled in your head, and you're like, I just, you know, when I talk to somebody about Jesus, I don't know what to say. If you can remember this, and this is why I'm preaching on this message, or this series, this G-O-S-P-E-L, if you can remember that, you have the gospel. I mean, that's, that's why it's, you know, G-O-S-P-E-L. I have the gospel. I can tell you that uh, God is about his character. He's loving, he wants a relationship with us, but I can also tell you he's just and holy and, and, and we can't just have a relationship because we want it. There's, there's a divide between us and God and that divide is the O of gospel, the offense of sin. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. Uh, I, that sin offends God. It, it gets in the way of our relationship. But God gave us a, a way to overcome that. S, the sufficiency of Christ. Christ was good enough, and I mean good enough by perfect. He, he was holy enough that he could take my sins on the cross. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross in my place for my sins. And then he rose three days later to prove that, yeah, what I said was true. I, I do have victory. P, this morning, is personal response. We have to respond. If you can, really, if you can just get the gospel of gospel, you can present the gospel to somebody. And E, we'll talk about next week, the eternal urgency we, we don't have tomorrow. We need to make a decision today. And then L, our life transformation. Our lives are transformed because of the, the renewing uh, power of, uh, 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 of Jesus' blood and the Holy Spirit. And we are now... No longer what we were. We're new creations. Life is transformed. If you can, if you can remember those six things, you can share the gospel with anybody. And that's why we're going through that. So remember this. We're on the on the four. Next week we'll have five things on that remember that underneath there. And we'll get to eternal urgency, and then we'll have six. And I'm I'm doing the best I can to help you out here. But let's look at the verse. Ephesians 2:8. For you are saved. By grace. That first phrase, he's already said it, Paul has, in uh, chapter, in verse 5 of, of chapter 2. He, he, remember, he was talking, he was saying uh, how, really, how bad they were. Um, uh, you, you, he made us alive with the Messiah, in verse 5, even though we were dead in trespasses. And then he just kind of couldn't control himself. You were saved by grace, he says. You are saved by grace. And then he goes back to explaining what went on. Well, he's getting back to that passage now. You are saved by grace. What does grace mean? And this is one of those times where the pastor is not asking a rhetorical question. I I want an answer. What is grace? I've said it a bunch of times over the last four and a half years. Grace is... What? Getting what we don't deserve. That is exactly right. The nine year old beat y'all. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say. Uh, you know, and it's not cheating that he's my son. Uh, it's not like I go, went this morning, okay, Jaden, now this is what I'm, the question I'm gonna answer. You need, ask, you need to answer. Grace is, not get, or is getting what we don't deserve. Mercy, remember, is not getting what we do deserve. We are saved by grace, we are saved by getting. What we don't deserve. Do I deserve to be forgiven for my sins? No. Do I deserve to have my slate wiped clean just because? Absolutely not. Do I deserve any gift from the hand of God? No. He's the creator. I'm the created. I don't deserve anything. I have rebelled. When we talked about the offense of sin, we talked about the fact, and Paul you know, makes it clear when he says things like you were dead in your trespasses, you, you walked according to the ways of this world, uh, according to the ruler, the devil, who exercises authority, the spirit who, who now works in the disobedience, uh, in the disobedient. Uh, we lived the, among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. We were by nature, children of, uh, under wrath. Uh, yuck, right? That's, that's who we are. So, I don't deserve anything. And then Paul says, but you are saved by grace. You are saved by this wonderful gift of God that God says, I'm not going to just overlook your sins. We're going we're to take care of those. And, and we see that with Jesus, and, and he gets to that. But I am going to provide a way when, when you don't deserve a way out. That is being saved by grace. We get what we don't deserve. Saved, I, I don't think I need to cover that word, but just so we're, we understand, saved from something, right? Saved from death. Saved from hell. That, that word is, is is rescued. This wasn't, you know... Saved in our English language has a, a, a few words, a few different meanings. You know, we saved it. Uh, we, we, we bought Domino's Pizza last night on the way home, and it was cold by the time we got from Seguin. Well, it wasn't cold, cold, but it was not hot uh, by the time we got here from Seguin, but it was still wonderful. Because it was Domino's Pizza. And I worked for Domino's for five years. And you would think I'd never want to see another one of their pizzas. But still, I love it. And, and we don't get it here in Nixon, right? And they don't have a place to sit in the Sagin. So we went. We brought it home. And they had this carry-out specials, like six bucks for a large two-topping. And so I asked Edda, you want to get an extra one so we can put it in the refrigerator to feed the kids with? Sure, at that price, absolutely. And Grandma was paying. Um, uh, so, so absolutely, we do that. But, but you know, we saved it. Right? We're saving the pizza. Well, That's just for use to, to use later. That's obviously not what God's talking about here. We are not saved to, for later. Uh, we're not leftovers by grace. We are rescued. I was in a position where I could not undo what I was in. And I was pulled from that. Pulled from my sin by the very grace of God. But then he goes on to say, we were saved by grace through faith through faith. That is our personal response. Now, I'm not going to hang out here. We're going to go on because I want to cover the rest of the verse. Then we're going to come back to this, this portion of Scripture. But this is our personal response. Faith is our personal response. Faith doesn't happen automatically. Faith isn't forced on us. This is us responding to what God has done. For you are saved by grace through faith, And this, you're thinking, Michael, you do this to us a lot, where you'll focus on this dumb little word that does it. How, How is this important? Well, this is important. This is important. This, this is important. This that he's talking about has been discussed for 350 ish to 400 years. What is this? this mean? Or or better yet, what is this, this pointing to? Depending on who you ask, some people will say that what this is pointing to is faith, the word right in front of it. For you are saved by grace through faith and this faith is not of yourselves, or not from yourselves. That doesn't work. There, there are groups that like that interpretation, but grammatically, that doesn't work as well. There are others that will tell you that uh, this points to grace. For you're saved by grace through faith, and this grace is not from yourselves. And that's the one we've liked as Baptists for a long time, generally as Baptists. Uh, One is saying that, that, that faith comes from God, meaning I am Given faith to believe. So I'm not really making a, a personal response. God is making me make a personal response by giving me the faith to respond. That's, that's if this points to faith. If this points to grace, then my faith is of my own. I, I am personally responding to this gift, this, this gift that I don't deserve, this, this grace that Paul is talking about. And for a long time, that's what I went on. I I believed that this was pointing to grace. But that's not. What it's pointing to is actually the salvation that it's talking about. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this salvation is not of yourselves. Why do we believe that? Well, it's really the next fragment, the next part of the sentence. This is not from yourselves. It is God's gift. Okay, we can say that faith could be a gift. We we could hang out there for a while. We could say that grace is a gift because we we know it is. Uh, Romans tells us that. But when we get to the not from works part, wait a minute. Now, what are you talking about, Paul? This is not of yourselves. Uh, It's a gift, not from works. Well, I know my, my grace isn't from works. That's a free gift. Well, but, but you're saying my faith isn't from works if, if, if this points to faith. And that doesn't, that doesn't really compute. Why would you have half of your sentence point to one word and half of your sentence point to the other word? Uh, because clearly I can't make grace by my works. So, so what are you talking about? Well... The gift that you can't work for is your salvation. This salvation is not of yourselves. Clearly, grace isn't. But faith is a personal response on our part. So this salvation is not of yourselves. There are no works you can do to get this. There's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. You cannot come to church enough to earn your salvation. You can't join the right church to earn your salvation. You can't do enough sacraments, or uh, we don't call them sacraments, we call them ordinances. You, You can't do enough things in order to earn your salvation. You can't be good enough to earn your salvation. Why? Because it is your sin that sends you to hell. Had this discussion this morning, didn't we? It's your sin that sends you to hell. So your problem is your sin. Your problem is the bad things that you do, the, 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 the times that you break God's law. So doing nice things doesn't take away the sin. What you have to do is, is stop sinning in order to please God. And I believe, as I said last week, you may, let's say for a moment, you've could. You, you got it figured out. You have figured, Thrown the switch, you never sin again. That is awesome. What about all the times you did up to throwing that switch? Those sins still condemn you. See, nobody's born perfect except Jesus. Nobody figures out at, at a year and a half old, okay, this sin thing is going to be a problem here in a couple of years for me. Maybe three or four. Uh, I'm going I'm to get this now worked out so that I never it doesn't happen. Right? So, one sin, one breaking of God's law, one indiscretion is enough to send you to hell. Therefore, no amount of work is going to make that up. Some religions will tell you, uh, Islam in particular, but others as well, that it's a, it's a scale, You've got to outweigh your bad with your good. And, and when you get to heaven, then you find out. Or you get to the judgment, then you find out. And, oh, man, I didn't do enough. Oh, yay, I did. You know, and that what a horrid way to live. You know, and then, well, we're not going to talk about the prize you get when you're a man in that particular religion. Um, I don't know what ladies get. Uh, I've never heard, to be honest, what you get as an Islamic woman for having your scale balanced with more good than bad. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, y'all are just up a creek. You can't work it out. You can't do enough. And, and there will be those that will say that, oh, but Michael, faith is a work. No, it's not. A personal response on my part is not a work. When Paul talks about works, he is talking about fulfilling the law primarily, doing the things the law says do or or not doing the things the law says don't do. Those are works. Those are active Uh, uh, responsibilities on my part, reactions to to my nature and saying, oh, I sinned. I've got to make up for that sin. Or, oh, this looks like a good sin to do. I've got to work hard not to do that. Those are works. But a personal response on my part, and this is where my analogy of the $35,000 check breaks down because all analogies break down when we try to compare things to salvation and things to God and things to the Trinity, etc., my analogy breaks down because I, I could work at that, that form, all those things they tell me in order to receive that $35,000. If I did enough of the work, I could get it, but it's not that way with Jesus. It's not that way with our salvation. My faith is not a work. Now, Paul does say, work out your faith. He does say that we grow in our faith. There is a maturity in our faith, but that, that is the process of sanctification. That's not the moment of justification. When we are justified, when we are made holy, just as if I had never sinned, justified, we are making a one-time response to the free gift that has been given. Tell me where the work is in that. It's not there. It's still not depending on me. It's still not depending on my works for that salvation, but it is dependent on my personal response. And then he says, it's not from yourselves. The salvation is not from yourselves, not from your works. It is a gift of God. It is unmerited. That grace that we talked about. I cannot earn a gift. A Mother's Day... Y'all kind of earned the gifts, right? I mean, if you if you somebody bought you a Mother's Day gift, you you earned that gift. Just labor, that was enough. Uh, if you didn't labor, you adopted. It, uh, adoption is labor. Trust me, um, I, I know how that works. You earned that gift. You wiped noses and other places, and and you were up late at night, and you had them hanging on you, and pulling on you, and you know, for years, so you have earned that gift. It is merited favor when your husband takes you out to that fancy restaurant. Not sure which one that is here, but The one you don't go to usually, I guess, is the, is, the, is the fancy restaurant here. You have earned it. Salvation is not earned. I don't merit my salvation. I don't merit the gift. Your, your birthday gifts, those are unmerited, right? Because you get gifts on your birthday. Now, you may, depending on your age and, and, and your nature as a child, you may get fewer or more depending on your what you've merited, but you give gifts on somebody's birthday, why, they didn't make themselves born. They didn't do that. It was an unmerited gift. Now, multiply that times a trillion, and that is the gift we get from God in Jesus Christ. That salvation is unmerited. I did nothing to receive that gift. It's not from works. I didn't earn it. It is unearned. It is unmerited. It is unearned. God didn't look down at me and say, you know, Michael, he's doing a pretty good job lately. I guess I'll go ahead and give him some salvation. Never happened. Did it none of y'all either? God never looked down and said, well, y'all are trying hard, so here you go. Here's salvation. You almost earned it. You didn't quite get there, but I'll go ahead and grade you on the curve and give you salvation. Doesn't work that way either. It is unmerited. It is unearned. And why? It's an important, an important principle to understand the reason why we can't earn it and we can't merit it. Because if we can, who are we going to be bragging on? Me. I mean, y'all aren't going to brag on me, but I'll brag on me. Look how good I was. I went to enough, I went to church enough times I got to heaven. Yeah, you didn't. Neener, neener. I, I did enough, I gave enough money, I took enough communion, I, I did, I joined enough churches, I, I helped in enough homeless ministries, I, I gave enough to the crisis pregnancy center, I, I did enough stuff, I got to heaven, too bad you didn't, so sad for you, see ya, wouldn't want to be ya. I mean, that's what we would do. That's what I would do. Y'all are all much holier than I am. Uh, but that's what I would do. But God says there's no room for that. No one can boast. It was unmerited. It was unearned. The glory all goes back to God. I'm saved. Why? Because God gifted me. And I don't mean I'm a gifted athlete or a gifted musician, that kind of gifted. I mean he gave me a gift that I couldn't earn, that I didn't deserve, And I accepted that gift. So when I share the gospel with somebody, I can tell them, you can have this same salvation. I'm not as good as you. I don't care. I don't don't preach. I don't care. I don't have musical talent. I don't care. I'm not an athlete. I don't care. I'm not this. God doesn't care. He is offering you this gift for free. Unmerited, unearned. So I don't have to go to somebody across the world and say, well, it's too bad you don't have a nice uh, four-walled square electric lit with sound system church to go to so you can go to heaven. I can go to them and say, it doesn't matter where you are, what you have or don't have, what you can do or can't do. If you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth and understand the gospel as I explain it to you, you can be saved. Period. Doesn't matter about your merit, what you can do, or what you can do, because it all goes back to God. And then on the day we stand before Him, we don't stand before Him and say, "God, wasn't I good?" We stand before Him and say, "God, weren't you good? Weren't you good to offer me this free gift of salvation when I neither merited it nor..." earned it. So what is this personal response? Let's go back to that now. That faith that we have. We are saved by grace through faith, through a personal response. What is it not? It is not intellectual uh, 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 oh, assent. It's not head knowledge. Yes, I agree. Jesus was born and uh, and, and lived a good... Yes, I, I agree with all that. That's good. That's good stuff there. I, I like that. No, no reasonable proof against it. Therefore, I agree. Well, that's... I can get a lot of people to agree to a lot of things, but that doesn't... That's not a belief. It's not a faith. A lot of us want a, a temporary personal response. A lot of churches teach a temporary personal response that for a little while I can believe and then I can lose it. Or the, the other way to, to see that is we have a lot of people that I need Jesus right now, but he's kind of like uh, the years ago I had this idea that, that, that I was going to learn to make creme brulee. Creme brulee is my favorite dessert. Now, I like some variations of it. I, I had a maple creme brulee not too long ago somewhere. I don't remember where it was we had that, but it was, it was good. Uh, but just, just your regular old creme brulee is my favorite. Not a lot of restaurants do it. It's, it's difficult to make. It's difficult to make well. I love it. I decided I was going to do that. One of the things you have to do when you make creme brulee is it's, it's, it's a custard. It's not like flan, though. Flan, I'm sorry if you like flan. It, it's a little too, I don't know. Yeah, the texture is not my favorite, okay, for flying. Uh, It reminds me of some stuff. So I don't like flan. Custard, but, but, but creme brulee is a custard, and it's a, it's a little thicker. I like it, and it's smooth. There are no chunks if you make it right. But then you put sugar on top, and you have to you, you brown that sugar, and you make a, 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 a crust, but it's not a crust. That's not a good word. It's in glaze. It's thicker than a glaze. It's, it's, like, it's like the pond is frozen, but it's brown. What? You caramelize the sugar, and it gets hard, and you break it with your spoon. It's awesome. So so I was gonna learn to make that, right? So I bought a little blowtorch, because <laughs> that's how real chefs do the sugar. They have little blowtorches. It's, it's you, you. you I mean, it's, I, I'm not talking about the one you, I, you have in your shop, the big propane bottle. You. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. This is a little dainty thing, has a flame bigger than a a, a, a lighter, but but smaller than a you know a welder. Uh, and you and you get it perfect. And they're little cartridges you buy with, the, it's propane that you put up in there and, and it works. And Never used that thing. Never. I've had it for, I don't even know if we still have it. It may still, is it in the cabinet? Okay. Um, at le- least 15 years. Uh, soon after we got married, I bought that. Um, that was a temporary... Idea. I was going to buy this thing. I was going to use it. Let, if I had used it, I would have probably used it twice in the 15 years I've owned it. But I never bought the cartridge. Yeah, I never, I never did anything I was supposed to. I was just like, that's great. <laughs> I'm done. It was a temporary thing. I spent, I don't know, probably 15 bucks on this. this one thing I was going to do. I was going to do it. Right, and, 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 but, but then I put it on the shelf, and, 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 and I, never, I never used it. Now, I do have tools in my shed that I've used a couple of times, that I've had for 15 years, but they sit on the shelf, and I take it down when I need it, that one time, that two times, and I put it back if I can find it. That's not salvation, that's not what Jesus is. Jesus isn't something that we, we buy, having these great intentions. Wow, I heard about Jesus in church today. And I'm, that is going to be great. I'm going to use him whenever I want that really special thing in my life. Oh, good. I got my Jesus. All right. And then, and then we're good until the next time we need Jesus. That's not what faith is. Personal response is faith and trust in Christ alone. It's something that I will agree with you. that We, we, we have highs and we have lows. Uh, we, we go up in our faith. We're, we're good this week or today. But then something happens and we have a crisis. Really, what's going on? Where are you God? Etc. Etc. But then, you know, things improve. And, 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 and this is our faith but there's a point that we never we never get lower than which we never get lower there's my grammar we never get down to 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 no faith we never lose our faith because we have been so grasped and grabbed by god That even in our darkest moments, even when we wonder where in the world could God be in this, we know He has not left us. That's faith and trust. That's knowing that in my darkest moment, in my greatest decision, I have the one on whom I know I can lean. I have the one I know will never leave me. The weakest faith is enough to save you. Mustard seed faith. The the man who would be healed, I believe actually it was his child that would be healed. Jesus asked him, do you believe? And, And this is one of my favorite pictures in the Bible. Do you believe? I believe. Help my unbelief. Dude, you just said you believed, and then you said you don't believe. And I am right there with him. I believe. But there is so much of me that doesn't believe a lot of the time. And my only prayer is, I believe, Lord. Help, help my unbelief. I know. Help, help me when I don't think I know. I trust Help me when I don't trust like I should. And that's, that's for life. In salvation, my faith, my trust has to be in Christ alone. That is the personal response. It, it's not head knowledge, it's not temporary, but it is complete faith and trust in Christ alone. Now what do I mean by Christ alone? Nothing additional is needed. There are people that will tell you that you need to add to your faith somehow. That you need to, sure, you need to believe, but you need to do something else as well. Uh, You need to be baptized, or you need to do the right amount of things afterward. You need to be this holy, but if you're only this holy, well, you're not saved. Or you've lost your salvation. Or something like that. You need to uh, speak in tongues, some of our churches will tell us. You need a a physical, outward expression uh, of of, uh, uncontrolled, ecstatic uh, events or occurrences in order to prove that you are saved. None of that, nothing additional is needed. You don't have to join a church to be saved. You don't have to be baptized to be saved. You don't have to do anything but trust Christ to be saved. Place your faith in Him. But what this does include is repentance. Personal response includes repentance. Repentance is not required to be saved. Now, I know that sounds odd to your ears cuz it even sounds a little odd coming out of my mouth but i don't have to understand jesus loves me and salvation is belief and trust etc etc okay that's good let me leave that right there while i go and fix my life and then i'll come back and be saved it doesn't work that way they they're two sides of the same coin but one is not required repentance is not required for salvation Repentance is what comes because we realize our need for salvation. Repentance is me turning from something to something else. My personal response is, I understand that God's character is different from mine, just, holy, loving, and kind. I understand that my sin is offensive to Him. I I am an enemy of God. I understand that Jesus is sufficient for my salvation. So my personal response is, I trust Jesus. And I turn from my old life to now following Him. You see the order? I trusted Him and then I repented. 1 Thessalonians 1.9 says, For they themselves report what kind of reception we had from you, how you turned to God from idols... To serve the living and true God. So repentance is turning from our old life. It involves acknowledgement of our sin. It involves an acknowledgement of our inability and our needfulness, our inability to change ourselves, and our inability to, to overcome our sin and our needfulness for God to do something in our lives, to overcome our sin. And that is exactly what is done through Jesus Christ. When we have that personal response, when we trust Jesus, when we understand our sinfulness and what Jesus had to go through in order to wipe that slate clean, we will want to repent. We will look at our lives and say, this does not match up with what God is saying in His Word. This does not match up with what Jesus has called me to. Every sin I commit is what hung Him on the cross. I don't want to continue that life anymore. I want to repent and turn to Him. A personal response does a couple of other things for us. For when it provides assurance of our salvation. If I have to wait on, on, on faith to be given to me, if I have to wait on God to, to somehow, and I'm not saying He can't uh, do these things, but if, if the, the Quakers, for example, were a group that, that salvation just suddenly came on you one day, and they would, some of them would begin to quake. I mean, that was where they, they got. Quaker from, they it would just come on them. They would see the light. Puritans had this view as well. They just one day it got them. But what if it didn't? Right? I mean, what if, what if I had heartburn, or what if I tripped, or what if I just had an emotional experience in church that Sunday? It wasn't God getting me. It was just something that, you know, because I was, I was on fire for a few days, a few weeks, but then, then I stumbled. And then those, those old ways came back and started looking good. And So what? A personal response when I can look back at a point in my life and say, at the age of nine years old, I personally responded to Jesus and said, Lord, I trust you. And there have been times when I have not trusted him like I should. And there have been times when I have not acted like I should. And there have been times when I have disobeyed. And there have been times when I have fallen. And there have been times when I have sinned. But I know that day I gave my heart to Him and I have no doubt that He took my heart from me and said, I've got this until I complete in you what I have planned for you. I will guard this against, Paul says, against that day. And we sing about it in one of our older hymns. He will take it. He knows Uh, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to take that which I've committed unto him against that day. I don't have to worry about it. It provides assurance. It provides a marker in my life that says I personally responded to Jesus. I experienced salvation that day in that personal response. My question for you this morning is, do you have that marker? Do you have that assurance? Have you had that personal response to Jesus? Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's everybody in here and everybody who's not. And that covers everybody. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But... And 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 that sin has caused our death. 623, Romans 623, wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, that gift, that, that gracious gift, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God proved his love for us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Long before we knew we needed a Savior, we had a Savior. Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. And Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Personal response, Romans ten nine. This morning, if you have not, will you make a personal response? Will you set down a... a a standing stone, a a marker in your life, a memorial today that says, today I trusted Jesus as my Savior. I put aside my idea about works. I put aside my idea about church attendance. I put aside the idea that, well, I got dunked when I was 10 years old, so I'm good. And today I placed my trust in Him. Will you do that today? Let's pray. Father, I thank You for Your free gift Your gift of grace, the gift of Jesus. I pray this morning that someone makes a personal response to follow you. Lord, move in hearts today to trust you more. God, if if there's nobody here that needs to trust you for their salvation, I'm certain there are people here that need to take this to the streets, this gospel. And I pray this morning they will say, I'm going to memorize something the Roman Road or ABC or G-O-S-P-E-L gospel so I, can, so I can share with people as well. Lord, I pray that Your Word will not return back void. A heart has heard this morning. I pray a heart will respond. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So the question then is how should you respond? Life transformation, right? Your life will change when you accept Christ. Maybe you need to accept Him this morning. Make that personal response. Maybe you need to be baptized. Not that baptism saves you, but baptism is an outward expression. It is your public witness. I I am like Jesus now. I am marking myself as His. I'm part of His crew, part of His group. Maybe you need to lead a life of holiness, recommit your life. Maybe you need to be more evangelistic. I'm, I'm, I'm in that group personally. Maybe some of y'all are as well. Maybe you need to join the church. I'm not sure what you need to do. You can share it on a connection card. Uh, you can come up here and talk to me about it. Maybe you just need to pray. The altar is open. I'm here. I will pray with you. But as we stand and sing this morning, you do business with God.